welcome to the Lasso Podcast. We are brought to you by the Not Saf for Work Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike, and I am here with my co-host, Maya. Hello. So, on this episode, we are going to be discussing some Wonder Woman news that has happened recently, as well as a review of Wonder Woman Rebirth Volume 1. So, without uh, further ado, let's uh, let's get to it. First up is uh, more movie news, obviously, which is pretty much the big thing going on now. Uh, it continues to break records. Uh, Maya, I don't know if you saw that uh, the second weekend of release, uh, the movie had the uh, smallest drop-off out of any single superhero comic book movie that's come out. What? No, I didn't actually see that. That's amazing. It's almost like people like Wonder Woman or something. Yeah, it's almost (laughs) like if you get a good director and good writers to make a good quality movie, people are going to want to go see it multiple times. so weird. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It's almost like when you branch out to a wider audience, a wider audience comes to your movie. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. So, Yeah, that's so uh, cool. Next up, next up is uh, coming this, well, this week is unfortunately the end of Greg Rucka's writing of the Wonder Woman ongoing series uh, that saddens both me and Maya, obviously, because we absolutely love Greg and he is... I mean, his writing is stunning. Mm -hmm. However. Yeah. However. However. Following following Greg's run, we will be having a next arc that is going to be going from issues 26 up until issue number 30. uh, And that is going to be written by Shay Fontana, who is the writer of DC Superhero Girls. Which is and something that does Maya also like. Amazing liked. work on there, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And the art is going to be done by Mirka Andolfo, who has in the past worked on notably DC um, DC Bombshells, which obviously is another very good thing that you all should be reading. Which I'm sure we will get to because Wonder Woman is amazing in it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw that she was only doing the first two um, issues. Oh, she was. Oh, I didn't see Right. So they haven't announced who's doing the other three. But, I mean, I love her art. I love Shay's writing. Like, I'm really excited for this. It's sad as it is to see Rucka, like, moving on. Yeah. He's he's got so many other projects to work on. Like, he's... Him and him and Charles Sewell are probably like the two most prolific comic writers I've ever seen. The amount of things that they write at the same time, it's crazy. Yeah. And yet the quality that they produce is still so high. Yeah, exactly. And so following that is some uh, some weird news we'll say. Um a little bit. so following a little bit. Following Shay Fintana's uh, little arc here. The next arc is going to be about Wonder Woman's brother. Brother. Which, brother, yes. Her 
home in Themyscira, where she was born with a a brother. A brother. So. Yeah. So. A brother. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just. It's it's kind of. I'm kind of just like. It, it's mind boggling how. Every time from... I think about it, I get so angry all over again. <laughs> right? It's just like, you can go from Rucka, who is a genius, to Shea Fantana, who is also a genius. And then we go into this. <laughs> like, what? Where is, where's the cutoff? You know? Like, uh, well, shouldn't... and like, I don't even want to talk about him, but the writer is not. It's like Nick Spencer writing Captain America. It's just completely the antithesis of everything that Wonder Woman stands for is embodied in the writer. And also, they named him Jason, which I'm still mad about. (laughs) Although that is like way lower. But like, I'm sorry. There is one Jason in DC, and that is Jason Todd. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, Uh... like. It's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. It's terrible. But, you know, I mean, Wonder Woman, she has a sister. There's Nubia. There's Cassie. And there's Donna. And they are like, oh, no, we need a boy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what people saw, want on the mascara. Yeah, I saw one of, like, a tweet a couple, like, last week when the press release came out. And it was along the lines of, oh, hey, so many new people went and saw Wonder Woman movie and they want to get into the comics I know it'll get them we'll write a story about Wonder Woman's brother like uh, Nubia is so amazing why would you like she has already been set up as like Wonder Woman's equal with a whole different backstory and yet her brother yeah Uh, for those who don't know Wonder Woman has a twin sister named Nubia who is Amazing. People have been fan casting Lupita Nyong'o uh, for her, as in um, <laughs> in the movies, which would be kind of perfect. And so she was raised by Ares and has a whole different background from Diana. But she has been like clearly set up as she's Wonder Woman's equal, and to completely like ignore that in favor of a brother is very frustrating. <laughs> Yep, it's... <laughs> you're better than this, DC. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I'm sure we will have more about that as we get news about it. Yes, I think that story is supposed to start in September, October, so I'm sure uh, you'll hear from us. Hear from us when that uh, when that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in Wonder Woman... Alright, so we are getting into the meat of this episode, which is our review of Wonder Woman Rebirth Volume 1, The Lies, written by Greg Rugga and Liam Sharp. In this, in this um, book, trade, however you want to call it, uh, it's collected the odd issues of the first 13, epi- 13 issues? 11. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it goes from 1 to 11. 11, oh, yes. Yeah, 11. Because in the structure of, um, in the structure of Rebirth, the first 
12 issues are uh, actually a simultaneous story told in alternating um, issues where in volume one Wonder Woman and Steve find themselves in Bwanda, Africa uh, on concurrent missions where Steve, Trevor, and his team are trying to take down a warlord, Caldo, and Diana is looking for Cheetah, Barbara and Miranda, uh, to, to help her find Themyscira and to um, to help her find Themyscira and to help her find herself. Yeah, uh, so the way that oh, sorry, the way that the story sort of starts out is that Diana, she something has happened in the in the past where she doesn't sort of know what her truth is anymore. So her mission to sort of find Cheetah to help her get back to Themyscira is an effort to sort of help her try to regather her past and find out what the truth is about why she sort of has lost her memory of how she came to be, came to the man's world. Yes. So, Diana's in a very nebulous place right now through this issue, where everything is very uncertain for her. Uh, once she finds Cheetah, she um, strikes a deal where, because Cheetah is Barbara Ann Miranda, PhD, um, who has been cursed by the god Urk. Urkazaganda. It's a very complicated name. Um, (laughs) Urzkartaga is how we're going to go here with this. Urzkartaga. But in the past, so some of this is a carryover from New 52 uh, stuff, but... Barbara and Miranda struck a deal with Urshkartaga. Well, she was basically became his bride and turned into Cheetah as a curse. Yeah, yes. basically as a curse. And she's tied to him now, and she wants to be free of that. So they strike a deal where Diana helps her take down this god, who happens to be, just so happens to be, um, part of... Uh, in cahoots with uh, the warlord that Steve Trevor and his team are trying to take down. Cadulo is the uh, warlord. Cadulo, yeah. And he is trying to like bring back the the god through like himself or some sort of sacrifice. So that's why Steve and his team is there as they're trying to take down Cadulo before he can he's been causing like unrest in the area so obviously his reason for being there Steve's is sort of more just like a military operation and and by causing unrest he's been stealing girls from all of the villages in the area it's very gross <laughs> um, yes and while this is happening back in the US says <laughs> um our commander at a candy is basically holding down the fort and 
keeping Steve appraised of, hey, you know your girl's up in Africa, too. Mm-hmm. Did you cause this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like, no, I have not talked to Diana in a long time, and it's painful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not kind of, I'm really not a fan of this, but <laughs> yeah. that's how it is. So, Steve and the team go and get basically caught by Cadulo, and they find the girls not in a great position to help save them. Mm-hmm. Luckily, luckily, mm-hmm. someone decides to come in and save the day pretty much <laughs> save the day that's what she yeah. does yeah it's it was so funny where uh the moment like the Cadulo is gonna try to use steve as the sort of the sacrifice for the god and the one of the funniest lines is when he's talking to Cadulo and he knows that diana is coming so he's like Usually she gives you a uh, warning of three, <laughs> and then she just bursts through, and she's like, uh, I think I'm all set this time. Right. So they so, free the girls, Steve, free the girls, free the team, and they, they go take back. Down, well, first they take, they take down the god, sort of like uh, Diana uses her lasso with the the power of the girls to break the spell, pretty much. Which yes. Is a, it's a powerful moment, obviously. Yes, because it is revealed that they aren't his... They aren't his brides. They aren't his servants. The girls are the ones who have the power to take him down. They're his exactly. wardens. And so, this giant bone monster turns into a tiny little flower... It's very cute. <laughs> yeah. And the flower is taken back to headquarters where there's some shenanigans going on as well. Yes, we learned that the Bordeaux, the lady with the scar, is clearly uh, not what she appears to be. So Sasha Bordeaux has been... Yeah. Well, she's basically Etta's um, direct superior. And she's not exactly on the up and up. Um, but she takes the... Once they return back to U.S., Diana, Steve, Etta, and Barbara Ann, they sort of... Barbara Ann reveals that Themyscira is not, an emo- not a physical place. That in order to tap into it, it's an emotional sense of home for Diana. And she needs to be able to get that again. Which, just the way that she has been since she's, you know, she's trying to find out, you know, search through her, her herself and her being and her past. She hasn't been able to find home because she hasn't been, she hasn't been in the right state to be able to find it. Well, and her memories are all completely fractured at the moment so which is sort of as a result of the dc rebirth special that kicked it off while they return home she and she goes to find steve who was waiting for her on a beach in a nice sunset and we get some feels yes we get some feels talk which is was probably my favorite part um and steve and diana sort of reunite in that sense that they realize that 
sort of they've just been circling each other for years and years not you know sort of not real being able to see the forest through the trees sort of and you know, i love they... diana's line and she's like i'm really good at love not good at romance <laughs> exactly yes yeah that that whole conversation is just so good and steve's like his his complete like devotion to diana regardless of you know romantic love and attachment is just like his complete just dedication to her as a person is it's just like it's, it's so good he has some lines in that conversation that are just like whoa yeah this is good and so, during this conversation they managed to find Themyscira sort of that whatever that they were able to reconcile their differences and, I mean technically they do they get back together sort of is able to somehow you know enable Diana to realize where she needs to go and find Themyscira. And while this is happening, Sasha Bordeaux has the god plant. And Ada is a little suspicious of her and decides to follow her and realizes that this whole time Sasha has been communicating has with Veronica Kale. Veronica Kale. In one of the scenes, it is shown after Etta shoots um, Sasha Bordeaux that she was uh, like a robot. Yep, she was an android. So that's where we are. Um, <laughs> but then while after that, well, the story with Veronica Kale echoes into one of the next storylines. Well, actually, the next storyline that directly follows the, the lies. So, spoiler alert, we won't get into it now. <laughs> yeah, no. That is definitely not for now. Um, and Steve is realizing that something is wrong with the Themyscira that they are in. Yes, they... None of the Amazons are the same. Nope. It doesn't. Steve recognizes that the place doesn't look the same. It's you can what you can tell, which is really cool. If you were reading these, the two stories uh, combined, is the way that artists uh, depicted Themyscira in each of the stories is completely different. So you can tell that the Themyscira that Steve and Diana go to here is definitely not the one that. Diana actually came from. They uncover sort of something that happens with a... There was an incident that happened with Diana with a, a tree where she got bitten by a snake. Her wound starts bleeding again while she is here on this alternate fake Themyscira and the, the lasso sort of reveals what is actually going on that it has been a lie and she she's never actually gone home and that is the cliffhanger that we're left off of here volume one where her and Steve are on this not Themyscira but you don't know where exactly they are and then Diana just like has a she is a complete breakdown and she just she yells I've never been home so 
obviously mildly traumatic to (laughs) realize. Mm -hmm. So, volume one ends very tensely for all involved. Yes. Except for except for Sasha, who is dead. Yes, unfortunately, her she she had her beginning, she had her middle, and she had her end. So we're all set with her. (laughs) So, um, do you have any of uh, any? Anything that can stand out for you as like uh, sort of your favorite moment or favorite line through uh, this so far? So like, I do, but also just one of my favorite things about this comic in particular is you have three very distinct sets of characters. You have um, Diana and Cheetah, you have... Etta and Sasha, and then you have Steve and his team. Mm -hmm. And with Etta and Sasha, mm, with Diana and Cheetah and Etta and Sasha, it's just all these powerful women talking all the time. None of it about dudes. No, exactly. (laughs) It makes me so happy uh, that it's just like, it doesn't matter. None of them care about it. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they do. Like, obviously, Danny cares about Steve and whatever, but it's not their main priority. Their main priority is getting the job done. Yeah, exactly. But my actual favorite... Um, gosh, my favorite... My favorite line is when... So, Diana and Cheetah have a very fraught past. Yes, that's And sure. there's one... Yes... There's one panel where Cheetah's like, I hate you, and Diana's like, love can exist with hatred, each preying on the other. And it was just, like, such a good, like, just distillation of emotions to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it's all just a mess, and they all feed on each other. And I love that. Yeah, like, even in her sort of unsure state, like, the the way that she's written is just still, you know, she has just so much wisdom and strength, and it's still, like, just completely evident in her character, which is why, you know, Rucka is one of the best to ever write Diana as a character. Gosh, the other moment I really love is when Paige, um, when the women are being rescued where you see them, like, in this cage. They've clearly given up hope that, like, anything would happen. And you see it through their eyes, through one in particular's eyes, like, you can just see the hope coming back as Diana is slaying uh, these god, this god, because it's like, you can just see the hope, like, returning. Like, that realization that, no, they aren't going to die, or just be slaves to this god for the rest of their lives and it's just it's so powerful mm-hmm. I love it oh yeah yeah I'm looking at that page now and it's it's like Liam Sharp is his art in this this run it's absolutely breathtaking so how about your favorite my favorite line or line and moment is that conversation that Diane and Steve have when they're on the beach and you know, they're talking about themselves and sort of what, you know, what they mean to each other, and Steve, is, his line is, he's talking about, 
because when she saved him from Themyscira, he's, you know, he's completely indebted to her, and he's, you know, he'll never, no matter what happens between them, he will never forget what she did for him, and so he's like, he's just saying that he's always going to be in her corner, anywhere she goes, anytime, you know, anything she needs, as long as he lives, he's going to be there for her, no matter what it is. And it's just so, it's so powerful that he's such, like, a... You don't really see characters like him where they have this complete just dedication to something completely greater than them themselves. And it's, it's just so powerful, like, a moment. Uh, Steve is great in that moment where, like... That moment is so defining for his character. Like, if you've never met Steve Trevor before... You read that scene, and you're just like, you know who he is and exactly. what he prioritizes, and it's wonderful. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't have said it better, that's right, like, if this is your first time meeting him, this is the, the impression you want of him. Uh, do you have any of the panels or art sequences that stick out to you the most? Yes, I do, actually. Um, so, when Diana goes in to rescue them she so diana doesn't know that steve and his team are out there and she bursts into she bursts into the lair like chris david manuel i'm happy to see you but why and she just has this like sheepish little smile and like a little wave and i just I love it so much. She's just like, oh, whatever, all this fighting that we're doing. It's just like, hey, dudes, what what are you doing here? I love it. Yeah, yeah, that, one, yeah that one's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, How about you? But I think mine is probably when Steve is, he's, like, stuck on the the altar in, like, the, the lair where Cadulo is going to, like, try to sacrifice Steve to the ancient god and Diana she bursts through and rescues him and he's like still like tangled up in like vines and like she's just standing there like hovering after like she bursts through the god and she's just like hi Steve and he's just like hi Angel she says sorry I'm late and he's just I wasn't worried like that (laughs) it's so good that's that's probably like and the way that the his, like the look on his face is so funny because he's just like, yeah, I, I figured this was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's chill. Like, we were gonna always be there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what about? I mean, just our overall impressions of the story arc. What? what a, how do we think that the characters fit into the story and? Where we can see them going uh, going next. I mean, I think this is a great introduction to Diana and Steve and Etta, especially like the the trifecta. Like you're just, it's clearly like linked to. You have this one god down, but you know that with Victoria, there's more going on and. I just, I think it's a great launching point, and I love, we didn't talk about Etta as much as we should have, but yeah, let's, uh, she we can dive into that also gets established, so. So she's, uh, she's Steve's, Steve's boss, pretty much, and 
the way that she is esteemed and her relationship is really solid based off of that Diana and Steve and Etta have been together since Diana first came to the man's world from Themyscira and it didn't take long for the three of them to sort of get this relationship so they sort of completely have this just understanding of each other that is able to carry throughout the whole story they all trust each other so much and it's wonderful so in when the new 52 launched uh etta was reimagined as a black woman and that was just like one of the greatest decisions they did because she's so strong and so great and she's um she's what an intelligence officer commander i mean she's a commander yeah, she's, but yeah. Yeah, yeah she's ahead of the the own divi- the, the division that steve works in. and i really wish we'd gotten this etta in the movie this etta is a little different than the uh, movie first there's um one conversation uh, after after Diana and Steve get back to the states where the, Diana's like they're they're trying to get um they're trying to get street clothes for for Barbara Ann because you know she's been living as a cheetah for a while and um Ada says something about Diana's hair like how she does it and Dan is like do people still try to touch and it's just like they don't dare. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love you, Etta, so much. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's just like, take, take no nonsense. She She's gonna do what she needs and do what she wants, and that's it. Like, if you don't like it, too bad. And also, also, when she's following, or uh, when she um, encounters Victoria, and she's like, I don't want to shoot the dogs, but I will. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Victoria has, like, two giant dogs named, like, Terror and Mayhem yes. or something. <laughs> yeah, the, that, um, her dogs lead into the, the next story arc, which is where a lot of these storylines get wrapped up, because, obviously, this one is called The Lies, and the next one is called The Truth, so it makes sense that a lot of these things get uh, get wrapped up into the following story arc uh yeah so i overall impressions i love it (laughs) yeah like this was for me this was my first uh this was my introduction into reading wonder woman comics and it completely just hooked me in like hook line and sinker i was i knew after the rebirth and saw that craig reckler was writing it and i had read him like a bunch of times with his uh, Star Wars work before and I knew he was a great writer and I liked him and out of all of the when I started reading the all of the other Rebirth series Wonder Woman was the number one like my favorite hands hands down it was just so and just the way that this, this story hooked me in and I, I've been a goner ever since so people all they know is the movie how do you think they will receive this? Honestly, I think this is an excellent place to start. Uh, I know we've had, I've told a couple friends that you know if you want to start getting into Wonder Woman and you just saw the movie and you like the character and the story, that pick up 
volume one of the rebirth it's easily accessible don't really need to know much about her or just sort of like the basic background information going in even just knowing uh what you know from the movie you can just start picking reading this up and you, you'll be drawn in instantly i also think you could go either way start with volume one or start with volume two yes that is true just the way that Which, the go ahead yeah oh yeah i mean i think a lot of it just because volume two is just kind of like a wider overview of diana and a little happier time and volume one you're like we are instantly in a mission of a wonder woman like mission story adventure yes it's true. just kind of like what what kind of reader are you what do you prefer Mm-hmm. Which I think when we do volume two on the next episode, you'll see the extreme difference in what <laughs> what's being presented. Yeah, yes. Uh, I mean, the, the volume two is definitely more of a you know a broad broad story where it's sort of like a, a little bit more cheerful. Yeah, it's brighter, but not just uh, story wise, but color wise on the page and art wise. It's sort of a more, it's a brighter contrast to the volume one, which is, gets you right into the middle of the action, and it's it's fast and intense, so they really definitely play off each other really well, so I definitely would recommend reading volumes one and two if you are looking for somewhere to, you know, a jumping point, jumping off point to get into Wonder Woman comics at all. Absolutely. Yes, as Maya said, that our next episode will be our review of Wonder Woman Rebirth Volume 2. And then following that is uh, when we will be getting into discussing the new issues as they release until we break for when the rest of the paperback copies come out. We will then get into Volumes 3 and 4. So that's sort of just the uh, short uh, short little future coming up. So, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you, Maya? You can find me on Twitter at SemiRose and on my blog, Firebee Fights, talking about everything that I'm passionate about, basically. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. And you can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Audet. Also find me on doing a couple other fandom things in the Star Wars realm, if that is your your cup of tea also you can also find us as a show in general we are on twitter at the lasso pod we're part of the not staff for work podcast network which is also on twitter at nsfw podcasts which is a amazing handle (laughs) i cannot believe that it wasn't taken but good job (laughs) yes absolutely um so don't forget you can tweet. you can find us on iTunes where we would love if you were to leave a rating and a review so you help get the spread the word of the Lasso podcast. On that note, I think we are going to call this episode a wrap. See you later. Bye.